1: All right, everybody, welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Today is Wednesday, February 3rd, 2021. I'm your host, Detroit sportswriter Nolan Bianchi. Today, as always, alongside with me is the other host of the show. He's a kidney stone survivor and a longtime Red Wings fan, Ethan Smith. Ethan, what's going on, man?
2: How's it going? Hi, today? happy Wednesday. It's happy good to Wednesday. be here.
1: And happy Wednesday to our friend Armando Velez from Lockdown panthers podcast who is joining us to give a long-term outlook on the cats i love that nickname by the way i was listening to your podcast all day today uh i love that you call them the cats it, it's like just a lot cooler you know like mm-hmm. panthers that's such a it's such a played out mascot name that when you mm-hmm. make it the cats Correct. you know it's it's way cooler yeah i
0: i, I lo- i've always loved the nickname the play-by-play broadcaster always says it and so it just stuck with a lot of fans, just calling them the cats. People in South Florida, at least the ones who follow hockey, know when you talk about the cats, they know what you mean.
1: So before we get into like this, this long-term outlook thing, I actually went, I was in like in or around the Sunrise area a couple years back. And I was like, oh, hey, the Florida Panthers uh, arena must be around here. And then like I turned around, I was in a Walmart parking lot. And and I turned around and then I was like, oh, it's right there.
0: It's pretty crazy. All grass mills. <laughs> yep. It's just like yeah, in the middle, a... like
1: it's kind of beautiful in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It,
0: it, it It's weird them being in sunrise, Florida, as opposed to South Florida of instead of Dade County, they actually used to play in the same arena as the Miami heat way back in the nineties. And they've been in Broward County since 1998
1: you guys need to move to Miami and then you can work in like the, the cool, like Miami vice colors. I used to, I, I made a <laughs> expansion team at NHL 21 and I can't remember for the life of me, what it was. It was probably something about like being eating cheeseburgers or something. Uh, I can't, you remember know, you're not the was. first,
0: you know, you're not the first locked on host to tell me, that they should move back to Dade County. JD Young of Locked On Sharks also told told me that. And it's funny. The Florida Panthers franchise is very puts a lot of emphasis in wanting to stay in Broward County. And I kind of like that small market feel of a team because it I feel like it's more meaningful when you win something I, I like in your in your own town the Detroit Pistons used to be in Auburn Hills for the longest time yeah so I, I like that small market feel of the of the team like yeah it's in friggin bfe but it's it's create it's it, I like I, I like having that small market as as the Florida Panthers yeah there were there were more people going to Pistons games when they were in
2: Auburn Hills and now in Detroit really you're yeah. kidding yeah. oh yeah
0: and it
1: oh, was like it was the best like I because I used to live in Auburn Hills uh when I was in college and I and that like that was the coolest part like about five it five minutes
2: away from the powers, I could go
1: door right? to door after a, I went door to door after a playoff game in 10 minutes and it was like in I live in not a yeah. super in the middle of nowhere, but like it's fantastic. And that's actually a great uh, comparison. Cause that's kind of what I thought of as you were talking. And I do agree that there is like, there there is a little bit of a charm to that. Uh, mm-hmm. when the team is doing well and they're kind of like in the suburbs and uh, you know, it's not like the Pistons when, when they're, or even the Panthers, it's not like they, instead of being in the city, they just picked out the most affluent suburb. Like there was some, there's some character to uh, you know, the, the place that they reside in.
0: And the Panthers aren't the only NHL team who doesn't play in that direct. Mar- I think of uh, the Phoenix Coyotes too. They play in Glendale as well. I mean, yeah, the Card- the Arizona Cardinals also play there too, but that's considered a small market over there as well.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, now the Panthers are five and one. Tell me. Are they for real? Because the I mean, like four of those wins did come against the Blackhawks and Red Wings, like let's be honest here.
0: Yes, yes. <laughs> you have a very valid point. No, I I I I understand the argument, but when you don't drop points to two teams that are rebuilding and you're winning those games full out, yeah, four of their six games this season have gone into overtime, but Three out of those fours, they found a way to win and could have argued that they could have had an extra point against the Columbus Blue Jackets in game two of their series where they lost in a shootout. So I think if you're getting four out of four in three out of four series, three out of four in the other one, a power play percentage that's number four in the NHL, and this philosophy that Bill Zito has brought in with getting players of familiarity, like Alex Wenberg, New Tavara and pairing them up with Sergey Bobrovsky, who they got the year before in from Columbus. So I think when you really reevaluate re-eval- everything, they Joel Glenville didn't come to South Florida to rebuild.
1: Fair enough. Ethan is a, uh, a big Joel Cornville fan, so I'll let you take this next one, Ethan.
2: Um, have you guys really noticed, I guess you in particular, have you really noticed a difference in, uh, I don't know if it's necessarily a team play or um, like the way the, yeah, I guess identity is a good word for it, since Q has taken over?
0: Yes. I He is more willing to experiment with lines and the previous coach, Bob Bugner was very stubborn on on splitting Ekblad and Uyghur for a long period of time. And and Q is not afraid to mix up. He had last year, he had a player named Mark Pissick, who was a hybrid one one game he was playing def- defense and then the other game he was forward. So he's not afraid to also experiment people that way, neither. So. That is something that Q is just flat out not afraid of. And he's gotten veteran leaders in Sergei Bobrovsky. He has his leader in Barkov, Huberto. And Hornquist was such a big, big acquisition because everything I'm hearing about it from the broadcasts and people saying, oh, when you have a bad shift, he's going to let you know. when you When you don't shoot when you need to he's going to let you know and he's got he's got that he's got that team really bought in to what he's got and the resume speaks for itself a three-time stanley cup champion second all-time in wins as a coach so it, it speaks for itself
2: you hoping he's there for a long time i mean i, I obviously it's just a yes a- answer but i just don't know how much longer he's looking to coach i've kind of heard some things he's could be done in like another five to 10 years
0: i don't necessarily know the answer to that but i will say a prediction i think there's going to be like a window of hey you got this guy while he's here for blank number of years that could be five that could be four that could be even next year to try to make a short run at at this short run or a five to six year run of let's get let's get build a winner with this guy while he is here and we we're not expecting we're not expecting eight to ten years because of the age so we gotta not build it necessarily fast but have a sense of urgency to win while he's here because you never know when he's gonna call it
1: quits uh i was a big proponent of when joel quenville Became available that the Red Wings needed to cut ties with Jeff Blashill immediately and hire, uh, Coach Q. But uh, ultimately, that did not happen, and I think that that might be something that the the Red Wings regret uh, regret for a considerable amount of time. So, uh, and, I, and I saw.
0: And I saw that he got an extension in 2019. That was around the same time that I believe Coach Q was available.
1: Yep, sure was, Armando. It bains yep. us every day. It's the, the He is the bane of our existence. Listeners of this podcast uh, have known it, I mean, for weeks now that we – we're going to stop talking about it now. Um, all right, we're going <laughs> to talk about Built Bar. It's the best-tasting protein bar on the market. It's a protein bar that tastes – like a candy bar. Who wouldn't get excited about that? I mean, if you had uh, uh Jeff blashel is like, you know, your your gas station brand protein bar. Coach quenville is the Built bar It's, it's just it's the best. It's the longest standing. He's covered in 100% well, he coach Q might not be covered in 100% chocolate, but he's sweet as if he is covered in 100% chocolate. Uh we're just we're just talking about Built Bars now. No longer talking about Coach quenville Uh they're soft right. and easy to chew. They've got only 180 calories. Uh, And when you're getting 19 grams of protein and only five grams of sugar and five grams of net carbs, who can really be upset about that? I will tell you what, guys, I don't know if you guys also got like the sampler box that they sent out, Um, but the lemon almond cheesecake and the apple almond crisp are two of their newer flavors that I was kind of like, yeah, we'll see. Because I'm just like, you know, I'm, I'm a chocolate guy through and through. Uh, But these are absolutely amazing. So I have two new favorites. It's the apple almond crisp and the lemon almond cheesecake. Absolutely delicious. Uh, And when you go to billbar.com right now and use our promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, you'll get 20% off of your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at billbar.com. This is uh, Bertuzzi looking at Setaguchi across the ice. And you're dead seems to be what uh, he's mouthing. Before we jump into segment two, Locked On Today gives you more of the sports news that you need in less time. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest trades stories with analysis with our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Armando, we are here back for segment two. It's a Locked On Red Wings and Locked On Panthers crossover. Super happy to have you with us today. Let us talk about Alex Barkov and Jonathan Huberto, two of maybe the most underrated superstars in this entire league. Can you tell the other people, can you agree with me and tell the people why I'm right?
0: You're absolutely right. Barkov's skills, especially how, with how fast he is and how, he just doesn't lose many pucks and he's just able to just beat you with his speed for open nets. You you think he's going to cross one way and then there's a backhand. And there was, there was, it, if there's one goal that I recommend for any Detroit Red Wings fantasy who has, doesn't watch Alexander Barkov a lot, look at his goal against Carey Price back two years ago. I think he had, like, crossed the leg and just fooled Carey Price badly. And I'll actually post it on the Locked On Panthers uh, Twitter page to show them how spectacular his stick skills are and, his, and how well of a skater he is. And Jonathan Huberdeau, he just knows how to find the open teammates. Like, last year, his assist numbers were, wow, he great. He was setting up teammates like it was nothing. Now he's the leading – He's now leads the – Panthers in all-time points for franchise history so two two picks that at the time Dale Talon hit on for the Florida Panthers and it it's just really time to really build off those two because Barkov has two years left on his contract and before the season started teams have been acquiring about him so it, it's time to prove that to Barkov that they can win with this core, with this coaching staff, with this new regime. Everything
2: is he going to be an unrestricted free agent?
0: Yes, no, it's it, it's going to be it's going to be UFA. Jeez, I believe.
1: What a I, I think one thing that I find interesting, and I hope you don't take offense to any of this. Florida, they're not like your traditional, they're not a small market team that's like easy to laugh at. You know, like it that sounds mean that I'm saying that, but like (laughs) they haven't amounted to much, but also you take them seriously. And like there's nothing really, I mean, at least in my mind, maybe I just missed some major. Well, there was like a big news story over the summer, which we'll stay away from for now. Um, But in my mind, like there's never anything that like comes out that like, like the Ottawa Senators, right? That's a bad organization. And you know, because they're constantly in the news for bad things. The Florida Panthers, with the exception of, you know, the one thing that came out this summer are never really in that position. It's just like, they're a small market team. They can't quite get there. They lose their guys right before, you know, they need them to take them to that next level. And it just, it kind of is what it is. Know how I don't even know where that thought was going. I just started it and that's where it ended. So
0: and small market teams in any sport have to work harder to to build that championship organization and for to attract people to want to come. And I it happens literally in every sport. I, I reside in Orlando and we have the Orlando magic here. Not a lot of free agents like to come here. And the Tampa Bay Rays as well just 2 hours southeast southwest of here it's hard for them to attract free agents as well so it, it it is hard for a small market team to build that but that that just puts more emphasis on drafting and developing and all of that that that's really what it comes down to and the Florida Panthers have had they have three or four players on their roster who are top 10 picks. And they, they're fine. It looks like that they're finally able to really see what this core is all about. And they've only made the playoffs once with this core. So, and they haven't won a playoff since since 1996, the year they made the Stanley cup final. So.
1: But at the same time, like they're not like, a joke. You know, like that like they had the so they they started tanking or they kind of like had like a little dip from 2010 to 2014. They picked in the top 3 uh every single year except for in 2012. Um but outside of that, like they go through like the normal ebbs and flows of like any other team. I think they're just barely missing the playoffs some years cuz they're picking like mm-hmm. 14th, let's see. 15th, 13th, 12th, 10th, 23rd, 11th. And and those are the the picks after the rebuild. So like they got out of the tanking and then they move they they pushed it ahead, but they just haven't been able to take that next step. And I'm always super intrigued by them because there's no overwhelming incompetence that seems to be getting in their way. They just struggle with that next step.
0: Yes. And it's just a matter of a young team not knowing how to win yet and having while also needing the veteran leaders that you need on your team, along with the coaching, the and there, there was kind of a rock bottom after they the playoff series loss against the Islanders where. Very early into the 2016, 2017 season, they fired Gerard Gallant because there was a lot of disagreements with management. And then they made the general manager, the interim coach for the rest of the season, Tom Rowe, the Bob Bugner experiment just flat out did not work. They were playing catch up where they were playing, they were winning five or six games in a row later down the season, but it was like too little, too late and just missing the playoffs. And now with Q in, year one is, year one's not a wash. That's the wrong word to say. But year one under Q was just a transition from the Bugner coaching regime to Q, to players learning how Q operates. And, but also that was kind of like at the same time, the final straw for Dale Tallon uh, in his 10-year career in Florida. And it was just enough is enough. And like, I, I, this probably like my ninth or 10th time saying this on the lockdown Panthers show, Joe Quenville is the exception, not the rule when it comes to GMs and coaches not being hired at the same time. Cause I believe if you fire a coach, you fire, you fire the GM and bring both of them together. And I believe that in any sport that it's key for them to be together.
1: You guys have uh, – sorry, go ahead, Evan.
2: Speaking of um, more of like you're on your roster and having young and young uh, young guys and veteran players, um, this Keith Yandel situation mm-hmm. this year really came as a surprise to me and Nolan. Um, I mean, well, we're, as we don't really follow the Panthers as much, uh, were you surprised to hear that there was maybe some issues in the locker room with – people thinking that he sh- needs to take things more seriously or needs to be better in his defensive end or is that is that something that you notice while you're watching the team as well
0: well the the yando rumors of him being traded have slowed down uh he does have six points through six games so that's a positive yeah. and he's he's slowed those down or he might have raised his trade value at the same time but there was a lot of frustration with Keith Yandel even before entering this season. And in two years, he went from top line defense to barely scratching the lineup and the whole, I'm not for one side of benching them, nor keeping them on the roster. I get there's a streak. I, that I don't make too kind much. Of besides of the point, you know, Yeah,
2: it's a, it's the way sports go.
0: Yeah. So I think, you take the good and the bad with Yandel. You're going to get your power, him being the quarterback on the power play to lead. And then you're going to get those stupid mistakes from Yandel, like the delay of game, the two trippings, the, and there, and there's more the unsportsmanlike as well. So there's going to be, there's going to be a, a lot of both, a lot of good and bad. So it's a roller coaster ride with Yandel. But he, that tip end goal was a great hustle play. And at the end of the first period in game one where, um, where it was on a power play for Yandel, you know, that's a sign of a veteran veteran knowing that he needs to be there on a rebound. And that's, that's the good, that's one of the goods. And so I've always, I've been indifferent so, so far this whole season about it. So averaging a point per game so so far so good
1: you guys uh just to kind of let my add brand infiltrate this conversation i was looking at your drafts uh (laughs) unbelievable draft like this is what i'm saying like you guys are in a lot of ways a model small market franchise listen so 2008 entry draft first pick of the draft or first pick of your draft jacob markstrom the next draft, they go out and get Dmitry Kulikov with their first uh, pick. Not, didn't live up to the highest of expectations. Still played 686 games in the NHL. This 2010 draft, you go Gubranson with third overall, Nick Bukestag, 19th overall, uh, and then you get Alex Petrovic in the second round, you get Jonas Donskoy in the fourth round, Zach Hyman in the fifth round, and then in 2011, you get Huberto in the first, Rocco Grimaldi in the second, Trocek in the third, Uh, Logan Shaw, who's kind of like a, he's played 215 games. Uh, and then like two years later, you get Uyghur in the second round. Like your guys drafting is like kind of unbelievable in a lot of ways.
0: Yeah. And I beat the dead horse with this, but the world juniors this year had two. the final had two Panthers goalies going head to head with first round pick last year, Spencer Knight. And 7th round pick Devin Levi for Team Canada and Devin Levi admitted after the World Juniors that he played with a cracked rib after the semi final game and he and that was a pick that Roberto Luongo influenced to get Devin Levi so that's awesome. the goalie pipeline regardless of whether Sergei <laughs> Bobrovsky works out in this Massive contract that he has. I feel like you guys are stuck with it. Oh regardless. well, we okay, yeah. okay.
1: Let's pause this conversation because that is going to lead us off in the next segment. All the rest of my questions have to deal <laughs> with how we can steal Spencer Knight from you guys. But first, we're going <laughs> to talk about BetOnline.ag, folks. The Super Bowl is coming up this weekend. I can't wait to lose or win a bunch of money wherever it happens. I know that I'll be doing it at the one place that has you covered and only one place that we trust. It's BetOnline. Dot ag. You can sign up for free at BetOnline.ag and use our promo code on for a 50% welcome bonus. So if you're planning on, you know, letting $100 go on the Super Bowl this weekend, thanks to BetOnline, you're going to get $50 for free. So you're going to be able to put down 150 make yourself a little bit of extra money. That sounds like a pretty sweet deal to me. After this weekend, I mean, they still got every single NHL and NBA game. Uh, they've got props. They've got, you know, will this player have an assist tonight? Will, you know joel quenville take off his pants in the third period you know you can bet on pretty much anything at betonline.he so do not sit on the sidelines anymore get in on the action and don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50 percent welcome bonus with your first deposit at bet online your online sportsbook experts i'm pretty sure you're not allowed to bet on whether uh joel quenville is going to take off his pants during the game so that was just a joke (laughs) last time to play in this period All right, kicking it back into segment three here at the Locked On Red Wings and Locked On Panthers podcast. And every Wednesday on Locked On NHL, take a deep dive into the Western Conference with Sarah Avampato of Locked On Kings and Tom Gazzola of Locked On Oilers. Whether it's a look at the top contenders like Vegas or Colorado or breaking down the rebuilds of the Kings and Blackhawks, Locked On NHL has you covered on Western Conference Wednesdays. Subscribe to Locked On NHL wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Armando talk to us what what is the situation going to be are you worried at all about losing spencer Knight for nothing because they posed the question uh during the red wings broadcast on sunday or they they kind of just laid out the situation and said hey if spencer Knight decides to stay in college for the next two years because he doesn't think that he'll have a a starting role waiting for him uh by leaving early or when he gets done or wherever it may be there's a chance that he might end up going that route and maybe becoming a free agent. And for one of the highest goalies to get drafted in in recent history, that's kind of gotta be a thing that you're actually a little bit worried about at this point. Yeah.
0: Definitely. And the Bob contract definitely doesn't help with that. I actually didn't know that the red wings mentioned that on their uh, broadcast. So that that's actually news to me when, when, when them mentioning about, spencer knight and if bob somehow improves and shows his worth with the seven year 70 million dollar contract which is god so much for a goalie and way too
1: much for a goalie (laughs) yeah
0: and i don't know how much we could stick with that contract or if that or how much value that contract would have in a possible trade down the road. If he doesn't perform to that level, because I, when it comes to long-term contracts in hockey and baseball, the way I tell people is you're paying for their decline on the later years you're, you're paying for a player's decline. That's why players want those contracts. Like look at Alex Petrangelo. I know his contract is very backloaded with what he got from Vegas, but is are they gonna are they gonna still perform really at the end of that contract? And you know, I know Bob's a two-time Vesna trophy winner, but year one was not good. But year two is looking better so far, and though he had a slow start against Columbus in the first game of that series, he was able to shut it down when his team needed him. He got a shootout win and he missed half of camp. It was unfit to play. You know how the NHL's doing their unfit to play yeah. this year. We don't know what the reasons are. There's no information really on why he was unfit to play. So we could only speculate so much. And so I, I but I also think that the week off due to Carolina's COVID issues for Bob were an opportunity to get him more warm up for the season and he was able to find get another win on the on on the win column and if that continues then and he doesn't decline or doesn't look like year one then sure but what are the chances of that happening, I don't know, I, I really don't know I I'm not very confident as of right now.
1: Yeah, it's, 10 million. It's just really strange to me that they would do both of those things in the same offseason.
0: Yeah. I, I but also Chris Drieger is also playing well too behind Bobrovsky. He he's right now through through a few weeks he's sixth in goals against average and seventh in save percentage. So he uh, makes a
2: tenth of what Bobrovsky
0: does too. And he rebounds the puck less than Bob. That's the that's also why yeah. it's, it's his numbers are like that because with Bobrovsky you're going to get more re- rebounds. And Columbus had a system in place where they had the players to that would clear the puck whenever there were rebounds. And Florida is trying; they're trying to get Bob into that situation. So it's not. You don't put so much stress on your goalie, and again, will will that contract be worth ten million? Will his play live up to that for the until he's thirty seven years old? Yeah, it, it doesn't look good. It, the 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 signing was exciting at the time. Yeah, but-
1: well, yeah, because you lured a big free agent. I mean, that's always like it, it, it's so funny. Like you just you get excited, especially when it hasn't happened in a while. Like it hasn't happened here in Detroit in a while. And like, you, you become kind of blind to it when you're just like, Oh, we got our mojo. Back. Hey, we lured him. We got him here. And it's like, you're just like, Oh shit. You know, like yeah. the worst case scenario never seems to cross your mind at the time. But as soon as the worst case scenario shows itself, it's like, that's all you can think about. Is that coming true? I think Ethan actually, I don't know if he was going to ask you or not, but he brought it up before we got on with you. Is there anybody, out there who you're like dang it I can't believe we paid Bobrovsky all this money I wish we would have paid him or tried to pay him or tried to get him in free agency is there any regret there like tangibly
2: but my thing what my, th- what my mm-hmm. thinking there was was the money that you didn't give to Bobrovsky you can easily keep Dan up around or you could keep a uh, Hoffman I mean Hoffman had actually signed a, a tryout deal with what I think it was Saint St. Louis, Louis. yeah mm-hmm. That's like that was a stinger to me because
0: Hoffman's a, is a stud goal scorer. Mm-hmm. They they went after both Art- Artemi Panarin and Bobrovsky in the same offseason, but because they lured Bobrovsky, they couldn't raise the price for Panarin. And hindsight is twenty twenty. At the time, we said we got our forwards that we need. We need goalie more. Now looking back at that. Uh, Maybe they should have made a bigger offer for Artemi Panarin. But I don't know if he would have accepted it neither because, I mean, I, I love my Florida Panthers, but New York, Florida, I, I get it. I
1: was just going to say, like, yeah. it must have been a crazy year. Like, holy sh- – like, the top two free agents want to come to Sunrise?
0: I, I get it. For I Russians. get why he wants to – I get like, it. that's why awesome. To play. <laughs> it would have been th- – this town would have been so hyped – if they lured both, but there was no way it was going to happen.
1: You know what, Armando, we'll close with this. I am rooting for you guys. I like, I like the Florida Panthers and I like the Carolina Hurricanes. I like the, the, the lightning too, but they, they got their championship. They got it out of the way. Mm -hmm. Uh, I would like to see the Panthers and do well. So just know that because the Red Wings, uh, maybe, maybe right now I'll take a state. Well, actually, I don't know. I gotta decide between the Hurricanes and the Panthers, but I'm gonna pick a second Central Division team. And at at some point, tell me why it should be the Panthers.
0: These guys have so much fun. They they like each other as teammates, and they got a coach who's very looks for accountability within his squad. Doesn't BS anybody we'll take away your ice time if you play sloppy. So players will be more motivated because they know their coach doesn't mess around. And how can you not root for 11 out of 12 points so far for this team? This, this is a dream start for this team. So they, the NHL, the NHL world is watching this team right now this small market team from sunrise, Florida, who a lot of people might be thinking, who are these guys? And slowly, but surely, surely they're going to, they're going to learn about these guys. Well, I'm sold.
1: It. All right. I'm a Panthers fan now. <laughs> <laughs> so basically what you're telling me is that the Florida Panthers are the go to work Pistons. And that is something that I can get behind uh, 10 days out of 10. So I'm going to get my Bark off Jersey. Um maybe maybe i'll get like a huberto shirtsy. uh maybe you know mix some Ekblad apparel into the mix i'll have like the whole thing going uh maybe a, a gray coach q mustache something just something you know to really set myself apart uh
0: you could get a retro jersey reverse retro cuz those are pretty sweet i those- i still haven't gotten one but i i i'm very close to
1: well, the good news is Armando is that my uh, reverse retro Jersey budget is completely untouched <laughs> because uh, the Detroit Red Wings one is completely awful. Disgusting. Uh, so I, you know, I, I, I might have room in that budget. I might have to get me a bark off uh, Florida Panthers uh, reverse retro jerseys. And the Panthers back in the day, like those red jerseys that they used to have uh, so nasty. Mm-hmm. I do. I love the pouncing panther. I think that is a great logo, and I wish they hadn't moved away from it because they do kind of look more like cats now, mm-hmm. you know. Which I said I liked, but in terms of a logo, I think I like the panther, the, the mm-hmm. pouncing panther way more.
0: It's what I grew up with.
1: <laughs> All right, Amano. Tell the people where you can, uh, where they can find you on Twitter, where they can find your show, and uh, what else do you got going on?
0: They can find me on Twitter at Mondo Man 12. They can follow the show at L O underscore F L A Panthers. The Florida Panthers are in the middle of three days off from the Detroit series before a back to back against Nashville. And then Detroit again on Super Bowl
1: Sunday. And then Detroit again and again and again and again. I think. Yep. I think we play like two more times in the week after yep. that as well. Yeah, I I I don't look at the schedule really and
0: only like really a week ahead. Really, Perfect. I got that.
1: All right, Armando, thank you so much, man. We'll see you all back here tomorrow as well to recap the Lightning and Red Wings game one. It's a five o'clock game, folks. So we might have it up a little bit early. You know, who knows? I won't don't don't take our word on that, but who knows? Maybe we'll mess fluid around situation. Something, something to get yeah, it's a very fluid situation. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Same time, same place. It's your team every day.